You're listening to the Jesus Culture San Diego Message of the Week. What in the natural realm is appealing? It's appealing. Don't act like it's not. You know, there's great stuff. But if that's appealing, how much more appealing is the supernatural kingdom heavenly realm where there is no limitation? Why would you not say yes to that today? I don't care how much you think you know him or not. He knows you. And the fact that he has put you as a part of this body means you're going places. And it means there's people that are around you. They're going to help you get there. And so we cannot hold back, be shy, or think about it eight times. I was sitting at home, and I will never forget the cacophony of emotions, feelings, and experiences that happened to me in this encounter that happened. I heard someone not sort of knocking on the door, but someone was pounding on my front door. It was furtive. It was explosive. It was it was, it was just shattering, like what is going on? And I, I ran to the front door and I remember opening it and there's my neighbor whom I like and everything in her face is white. And she says, Lauren, I need you to come with me right now. Oh, okay, okay, okay. She says, you're gonna get in your car and you're gonna follow me. A friend of ours has been in a coma and they're gonna pull the plug. And I didn't know anyone else to reach out to but you. Come now. Okay, 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 okay. So I get in my car and I'm literally calling everyone that's super gifted with healing. Like, why aren't they here? And I, I just call them all like, okay, I need Air Force. Like, start praying now. What was difficult was that we had, within the last year, lost one of our very closest friends. Uh, he was at the vineyard like their top worship guy, he'd pray, go around the world, people would get healed from cancer left, right, and center. They were in South Africa, living there for a while, helping people uh, that were migrant workers, comes down with cancer, and they're living with us, and I know that, I know he's gonna get healed, because his wife is my best friend, and I love their little two-and-a-half-year-old son who's right between my girls' ages. So, when God took him home, there was a lot in my heart of grief and confusion and sadness and wrestling, wrestling, wrestling this out. So when she showed up and said, you're gonna go with me to the hospital, I was bankrupt. I didn't have it in the natural realm. I had zero, I was in deficit. And I just keep going forward. And they usher us quickly into the ICU and he's, he is just attached to everything. And somehow in this rapid succession of events, I had not pictured that his wife would be there. I, I don't know if she's a believer or not, a, I don't know anything. And I'm thinking like, okay, I feel the spirit of death. Do I say like spirit of death be gone? Will she freak out? Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know. And then I look at her again, and I see how distraught she is, and then it starts. The enemy just, it was like, I, it was like a force field was hitting me. She will be a widow. Don't pray for her. Then she will hate God too. He's already going to die. What makes you think? And it just starts to go. And it's like her face is transposing with my best friend, Doreen. And, and I'm, I am, uh, I'm undone. And then I hear the Holy Spirit saying, Lauren, look at me. 
Look at me. Look at me. Don't listen to anything else. Here we go. Lauren, it's time. And heaven is crashing in to the middle of this warfare over his life. I looked at her and I said, I pray in a really weird language. Is that okay? I don't know what else to do for you at this moment. She goes, I don't, sure. <laughs> and so, you know, so like I just get her out of the way in my, in my mind and then I just start praying in tongues and it's like hardcore, we're battling. We are, it is a war for this gentleman. And then something surreal happens. It was like I was in a movie. It was the most shocking, like I'm seeing things in the heavenly realm, I don't know what they are, and then I'm saying things I actually don't know what they mean. Like spinning, this, electro, I, I don't know. It's like medical things I'm saying. I find out later it was actually what he 100% needed. And it just starts coming out and then in between, I get like a second of a break and I'd be just declaring, your spirit, Jesus is there, he loves you, accept him, he's right there. And it goes like rapid fire, bop, 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 bop. And then all of a sudden, it's done. And I'm in shock. Like I don't even, I to this day can't tell you like, exactly what that was. He doesn't look different, but I know we're done. I go home, three days later, he resurrects and lives. Why did he choose me? He could have chosen anyone. Well, I think I'm the only believer she knows, but that's okay. But, <laughs> yeah, that's probably self-evident. But, but had she known other Christians, she could have chosen them. But it was very interesting. And I remember that week talking to the Lord. And I said, wow, that was a lot. And he said, I know. Lord, you mattered to me so much. And I needed you in the middle of all of this to hear my answer as a yes. So for your heart, I needed you to see someone brought back from death into life. This is what we need. Not maybe prayers, not trying prayers, not furtive prayers, not frightened prayers. Not what we can conjure up on our own. Not what we understand. We need him to show up and to partner with us in our frailty, our humanity, our fear, our smallness, our weakness, and we need it to be real. Now, God moves in so many ways. So there's another part of my heart. It's not so serious. Uh, there's a picture that I'm gonna show you. This is fascinating. This picture came, and I had just cleaned out my desk, which is rare for me, personally. Not for Bob, but for me. And so I had some of my favorite cards stuck in a little folder that was right by my desk, and I'm in the middle of a design meeting, and I'm looking for this specific color of green. And I can't seem to find it. And then I see, like look at a photograph or something, it's out of the corner, and I pull it out, and I'm shocked. You would have been shocked. I was beyond shocked. I'm like, what is this? And I look at the back, and it's an actual photograph. It's not digitalized, it's a photograph in my office that no one can give an account to or explain. And I'm like, Jesus, um, wow, what, what is going on? I, okay, I take it out frequently. It, it's like a shock, like it's a supernatural shock, like, God, that's amazing. And he goes, well, Lauren, you've been praying to see things more in the supernatural realm. I've moved in these ways that make sense to you, but you've been actually asking, like I've been giving you dreams, I've been kind of giving you visions. He goes, but I want a photograph of myself to remind you that the supernatural realm is real. 
What would it take you in a different area of need, desire, excitement, joy, hope, for him to show up in a way that was so specific to you that it would actually floor your mind because heaven was breaking into your world. We're going to start with a very unlikely person because we're going to give you the pre-Jesus. This is someone that in the Middle East today would be a complete terrorist. This is someone that in an unsafe zone would be hunting down Christians that would be meeting underground. This is someone that would have these believers that we would love killed and martyred. So would they deserve Jesus, if you want to save them, sure, whatever, but you're not coming to my Bible study. (laughs) We're talking about Saul. And the wild choice that God makes when Jesus decides to show up in a heavenly encounter after he has just permitted Stephen to be martyred in front of him. After Stephen gives the most brilliant, beautiful, passionate, heartwarming, heart-inviting, Holy Spirit invitation ever to accept Christ. He's hardened. Stone him. Stop him. Make it end. Because why? He is a religious He is an angry, he is a violent man. He is a legalistic man. And we're going to see him on the world because this is how he starts in his little fiefdom in this slide, alone on the world. How fun is it to be alone in the world? Wow, I'm big and mighty and no one wants to be my friend. Okay. (laughs) So what happens? Jesus to display mercy, justice, and righteousness. Takes the very person that should be condemned, we want to die, and saves them and makes him a father of the faith. That's wild in my books. And so we're going to pick up um, uh, in Acts. Oh, but before we do, you know, you can't get this past me. Isaiah 60.10 Okay, what we want to know is that what happens, because when Jesus showed up, it wasn't just the power of him showing up, the mercy of him showing up, but if Jesus is love, there's no way in that blinding light that Saul could not have been encountered by the very antithesis of everything he would have expected. There was a transaction that happened. There was a moment not pursuing God and yet God comes and says, I will encounter you because my love for you is greater. What I have for you is different. And as Abraham said, nothing in your past will keep you from the plan of God that he has for your present and your future. It cannot happen. And just as in any relationship, they're honest, they're true, they're, uh, he, he doesn't not have feelings. God grieves, sad, happy, delighted. So look at the scripture, Isaiah 60.10. He says to the people of Israel, I was furious at you. I, I'm furious, furious at you. I will restore you, reclaim you, and rebuild you because I, as God, cannot help but love you. Ah, you're breaking my heart. It is so hard what you're doing to yourself, to others, to me. But I, I cannot help but love you. And so Saul, that love, turns him into Paul. And we're going to pick up in Acts 14. 
And what's happening now is that he, the love is so transformative that Paul, who was, we'll come back to that slide later, but Paul, who was alone in the world, now is looking for himself in the world. He is looking for those that are outcasts. He's looking for those like everyone. If he hunted me down, I will hunt you down. I will give you the gospel. I will share the fullness of what's available in heaven for you. Now, of course, this is not going well for anyone who does not love Jesus. They are so angry because they couldn't kill Jesus. Now this guy keeps doing the same miracles, power, life, heaven's coming through him apparently. Stop him. So it says, now look at this manifesto. Finally, the Jews, okay, the religious people, and the outsiders who oppose them, okay, anyone broken, you're offended, you're hurt, I, I don't belong, I'm an outsider, okay, you're ripe. Religious people, legalistic people, offended, broken, angry people, and they joined forces and enlisted the political leaders in their plan to beat and stone Paul and Barnabas. Right now in our world, we are seeing all three of those full force. Because I will say that I believe that is the strongest juggernaut that the enemy has. Opinions, beliefs, this way, that way. Uh, no, God said, I want to take the outsider, I want you to belong and be family. God says, I want to take those of that religious Pharisee, that pharisaical spirit, and I want you to have relationship and to know me. And he says, I want to take not a political, divisive, argumentative world. I actually need all of us believers as kings and queens to govern the land. So the the highest levels that we can have is where the enemy will come in as high as he can come from his realm. He cannot go to the third heaven. He has jurisdiction in the second heaven. And then there's earth. And so he will stir up everything that's only up into a limit of what he has access to. So what happens after this is that Paul leaves that city, but they're following him. That's what they do. And he comes to a new crowd, and he's preaching to the crowd. And in verse 9, it says, In Lystra they met a man who had been crippled since birth. Impossible scenarios. Okay, we're looking for supernatural realm. The new realm are supernatural, impossible scenarios. His feet were completely useless. He listened to Paul speak. Okay, look at this. And Paul could see on the man's face that he had the faith to be healed. He's living on earth, but he's part of heaven. And so in that interaction, he's releasing possibilities. Like right now when I'm preaching, I'm not just speaking to you all. I am right now preaching against powers and principalities. They're trying to keep us small and stuck. Right now, I am preaching to the airways of the second heaven, and I'm saying, enough. You will not have God's people. Enough. You will not keep them confined. Enough. They will not be bitter and angry and trampled and not part of. So Paul is preaching both in the supernatural realm and to the people. And as he's preaching the supernatural realm, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking. Who has faith? Who has faith? Just give me one God. Who has faith? Who has faith? That one, the one who shouldn't have faith, has faith. You stand up and walk. Do we have the faith? You. If we see God moving, do we have the faith to say, you do the impossible. You are called to that. It took one. And in that moment, the people went crazy. Okay, they're, they're pagans. They have pagan temples, gods. They don't ever show up. They just look good and they throw flowers at them. 
So the people all run into the temples. They get the flowers. They start throwing it at Paul and Barnabas. Oh my gosh, the gods have come down to us. Well, you're right. God came down to you, but not the gods that you think. And so in that moment, Paul and Barnabas go, whoa, whoa, no, no, this is a disruption. This is deception, it's going to a disruption. This disruption is not where we're going. We are here to tell you about Jesus Christ, crucified for you to be alive and set free, to heal, to change, to transform. So people are, whoa, oh, you're, that's kind of a buzzkill. We're trying to throw you flowers. Okay, fantastic. They're not grounded. So what happens at the very same time? The Jews, political leaders, and outsiders from the other towns, oh, they snuck in. And as soon as there's like maybe a confusion, oh, we're not going with you and the worship us, oh, let's incite the crowd. And within minutes, the crowd decides they're going to stone them, which they do. Okay, this is not an easy call. This isn't coffee talk. This isn't like, wow, you know, sure, why not? Okay. Picking this up in verse 19, it says, some of the Jews who had opposed Paul and Barnabas in Antioch and Iconium arrived and stirred up the crowd against them. Okay, you ready? They stoned Paul and dragged his body outside the city and left him for dead. Okay, I don't think you can be sort of left for dead. I think you're looking like, is he breathing? Dump him, we get rid of the evidence, he's gone, finished. We're complete, right? You're not, okay, so we got that point, okay. <laughs> it says after this, that all of the believers encircled Paul's body. He was raised from the dead. So then what does he do? I love this part. Then he immediately gets up and he goes back into the city. No, I, I don't want to see your, all y'all, I don't want to see your faces. No. I'm dead, pain, bruised, murdered, Drug out of the city, the believers, okay, second, that's your second tier. Your second tier of belief. We can pray for him to be resurrected from the dead. We will not give up. This is who God has called to us. We will see God move. So the heavenly force, you see, we can't just let one person die in the corner. No, we believe that there's more for their life. We believe in what God's going to do. We circle around and we go, God, raise that situation, that person, whatever it is, from the dead. After this, it's fascinating, they brilliantly and boldly and courageously enact the mercy and justice and the righteousness of God and they go back to every city that just got rid of them. And they boldly speak the gospel. They preach the gospel. Could you imagine? I just killed you and you're back to love on me, to save me? Like, wow, this is different. I didn't expect that. <laughs> but in that moment, he says something that's key. In verse 22, it says, at each place they went, they strengthened the lives of the believers and encouraged them to go deeper in their faith. And they taught them, it is necessary, this is key right here, for us to enter into the realm of God's kingdom because that's the only way we will endure what our many trials and persecutions. End. We can't do it here but we have to go somewhere else. We have to go into a supernatural realm. We have to access from the kingdom of heaven, from the power of God, every element of him, and pull that down if we're going to win. Because when we are in heaven, we are pulling 
past the demonic realm, and we're saying we're pulling this down, and this is the unity here without the center. Why do we have this kingdom realm? And what authority, like I'm saying, well, we have the kingdom realm. What authority? Because what I wanted, one of the things I want to come against today is we, send, we tend to see, like, I see what's here, and I know what's there in my brain. Sometimes I feel kumbaya-ish. It's cool. But I pretty much am looking, like, what do I need to do? What's happening with my life? What are the problems? What are the situations that arise? But there's something today that we, you are invited into that's different. And it happens when Nicodemus meets with Jesus. It's a different encounter. He is someone who wants to, as a religious leader, like, I sense there's something about you. I can't figure it out. Tell me. And so Jesus is straightforward with him. He says, you need to be born again. You need a new life. You need to let go of even how learned you are and how caring you are for the people and what you desire. And you need to let that go. So we have to let go of our perceptions. We have to let go of the ways we think God should move. We have to let go of what was old. We have to let go of what is tradition. And he says, Nicodemus, What's born of the, the natural realm will continue in the natural realm, but what is born of the spirit, it's supernatural, it's eternal, it can't be defeated, it will not stop. And I'm inviting you into something new if you can trust me. I'm inviting you to a new way of life. I'm inviting you to take the heart you've had before, but to have it expressed and known and understood with me and with something you don't even know that's a Holy Spirit that will empower you. At the end of this, it's very interesting in John 3, 10 through 13, he says, what I've told you about the natural realm, what will you do when I begin to unveil the heavenly realm? There's a heavenly realm that's being unveiled. One of your questions today is, God, tell me about the heavenly realm. Show me the heavenly realm. I'm jealous for it. It's not for me, as we have already demonstrated that with Paul. He's not looking for God. He is invading us because that's his desire. That's his heart. That's the nature. That's what he wants. And so this slide that we're going to show, it's gonna, I just want you to see these slides because it's going to make you think, oh, two places at once. At this point, Jesus says, no one has risen into the heavenly realm except the Son of Man, who also exists in heaven. So we have this slide. Now let's go to the next, and I want to show you what happens. We got saved, but a lot of times we're still in that lower area. You're there, and I'm here. But he's saying, no, you actually are positioned here. And if I'm positioned here, if I exist in heaven with you as you exist in heaven, truly, Two places at the same time. My mind is different. My spirit's different. If I'm doing something, I might be talking to someone with a problem. At the same time, I'm saying, well, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Show me the, the root below that. What does that mean? Explain to me what they need. How are you moving in this? I have a problem. God, would you give me an answer to that? Because I don't think I have any more strategies that make sense. Oh, good. So you're sitting up here with me now. And I want you to start literally doing that. I'm in the middle of something. I feel anxious. Okay, God, thank you. I love you. You're amazing. And the way you sit with him might be your hiking. It might be your surfing. It might be your reading, worshiping. I don't know how you connect to God. It's all very different. And it's all right the way you do it. But you take those breaks. And you have those conversations. How, are, how is it different when I'm seated here instead of down here in the middle of the problem? When we are positioned in heaven, there is a complete new reality. I'm going to give you a couple of promises. I want you guys to hold on to these. 
Because, you know, we hear them, but we, we mentally agree with them. So right now, Holy Spirit, as we go through these, let them own this, like this is what's meant for me. Okay, Ephesians 2, 6. He raised us up with him and seated us in the heavenly realms with our beloved Jesus, the anointed, the liberating king. There's nothing that you're going through that he does not have the power to liberate. There is nothing you're going through that can come against the fullness of what he's already done for you and it will start to be made manifest. There is nothing that keeps you in bondage or small and when you feel small, you say liberating king, what's your voice for this? Help me to understand this. Reprogram my mind and my thoughts in this. Okay, Ephesians 1, 3. Every blessing, oh my gosh, I love this one. Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one who grants us every spiritual blessing in these heavenly realms where we what? Live in the anointed. Not because of anything we have done, but because of what he has done for us. Okay, what's every? Every is every. Every is every. I play this game like, okay, I don't have a blessing in this. He goes, okay, but I said every. Okay, so... Because what do you need, Lauren? I go, I don't know. Tell me what I need. He wants us to start saying, I'm overcoming. Because I actually believe that you said, when you said every spiritual blessing, you meant it. When you said, oh, Lauren, you're like, but you keep going this way. You're listening to other things, and there's no hope in that. And so I need you to stop. I need you to come back to this position and say every, everything that you need, everything that you desire, everything that he is longing to give you, everything that's gonna move you into the purpose and the calling of what he has for your life is there. Everything that's not, let it fall away. It's not going to move you in the direction that he has for you. Okay, this one, I don't really have a problem with. I don't think you guys do either, but let's try it bold. He tells us that everything is bold. He says, because of our faith in him, we dare, I can't like the word dare, I don't have a problem with that, to have the boldness, courage, and confidence of free access and unreserved approach to God and freedom without fear. Okay, I'm going to tell you what this is like. This is like being a mom with teenagers. (laughs) Now, my boys were easy. Their friends would come. I knew them. Hey, how's it going? Same three guys. Oh, that's awesome. See ya. Okay, the girls, it was like a flock. And, and they would, I would just have gone to the store. No, we've had conversations. And it would be like, the locusts came, they ate it all, left wrappers, and left. I'm saying, you know, your daughter's trying to figure out which dress she's wearing that special occasion. And then the special occasion comes and her girlfriend's getting ready at your house. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's dress number two. I was going to return that. You've got to be kidding me. Okay, bold, daring. Now, I'm going to call them A-listers. Why? Because I know them. I'll wake up, you're at my house in the morning, you still come over now, I love you. You know, Bob and I, it's like we don't flinch. Hey, hi, yeah, good, was it fun? Good, and how's that going? Great, woo. Okay, I don't know how, but every once in a while, a C-lister would come. I'd be like, who's that? I don't know her at all. Oh, but you'll like her. But I don't know her. And I kind of wanted just to hang out in my jammies. And now she's eating my food. How much food is she eating? She has no access. If you don't have a relationship with me, you're not having access. I might meet you for coffee with her outside where they can go do their life. Don't come into my life. You belong to him. You have wild, crazy, bold access. There's nothing you can ask that's too big, too strange, too odd. And you just, like, you own the joint. Hey, how is it? I love you. Ah! And then they're all running towards you. Oh, my gosh. How, how that? Yes, we know how it went, but just tell us anyway. Okay? This is the switch. Because if we religiously have doubt he's going to do it, uh, timidity or shy, he doesn't really want me there. 
All these different aspects are going to keep us from the throne of where we want to be. They're going to keep us from the fullness of what he has. The enemy hates this, guys. Don't act like he doesn't. This prime real estate of being in heaven, he can't take it because he gave it up. He sent it out to Airbnb to never get it back. So now he watches all of us using it, and he's like, hate that. So what will he do? He's going to try, we see in 2 Corinthians 10, that he's saying, I'm going to whisper. See, he can't get me off the spot. And we know Jesus says, I will not leave you or forsake you. I'm here. So he's going to whisper. He's going to incite. He's going to try to move you in different ways. And he's going to lie, disrupt, disorganize, chaos. And as soon as you're like, oh, oh, that's your first step. Then it makes you physically exhausted. You start to fall down. Oh, now I'm just descended right back into the miry clay. I'm in a pit. But there's something beautiful that he promises us in 2 Corinthians 10. We know it's the weapons aren't flesh and blood. They're not what we're thinking that are normal. But once, if we jump to five, it says we are demolishing arguments and ideas. What's your high point? You can demolish the argument idea when you're connected with him, when you're talking to him, when you're saying, that feels a little weird. That feels a little bit off. That's off, Lauren. Let me show you what's not off. And mighty philosophy that pits itself against the knowledge of what the one true God. Right here, we are taking prisoners of every thought, every emotion, huge, and subduing them into obedience to the anointed one. Okay, don't stop if the emotion's still, you know, if it's fluttering, confused. You do not move yourself from that position. You allow, you worship, you talk to him, you get refreshed. I'm still stuck in that emotion, God. You're right. Let me go to the crux of it, the root of it. Why does it keep circling around over and over and over again? Because there's still a lie in place. There's still a wound that God is allowing it to repeat until you say, oh, enough. You're right. That keeps happening. So we wait until he helps us demolish every emotion and every argument that's going to pit itself. It's, it's low. It's trying to lob bombs. You're like, no, deflect. Shield, force field. No, I'm here. And I have to tell you that this position is key because this is how we win and are transformed in our lives. Look at this. Oh my gosh, it gets better. As soon as you choose obedience, we it's a whole arsenal of heaven, stand ready to punish every act of disobedience. There are armies of angels that are waiting to take the enemy out on your behalf. There are armies of angels that have every strategy, every need, everything that needs to happen in your life. They're going to move you forward. This has happened to me. Oh, we had a rageaholic neighbor when we were building. Five years. He would sit there and he would send emails. We're suing you. We'd get calls. When we finally got away, we'd go out to look at the progress because we were building both a sanctuary and a home. And he'd just come over drunk. I was like, oh my gosh, not him again. And you'd feel this. At one point I said, God, did we make a mistake? It was a 15-year dream. Did we make a mistake? He goes, nope. Your boundaries have fallen for, for you in, in pleasant places. Every time he would do something, God would have a strategy. And I'm telling you, it was barrage. I can't tell you the level. I've never met that much rage in my life. And it would, even down to small things. Okay, well, this is a small thing. My neighbor goes, she's intercessor. She goes, I see him walking through your house all the time. It's getting built. It was like, ooh, it feels defiling. Ah. Like, all of a sudden, there it was, ugh. It's a daily thing, but it was like, still, ugh. Bob's, we're talking, we're praying, like, God, what do you want? I go, you know, I could install one of those cameras. I go, what, on Monday morning, I'm watching the camera all weekend. Oh, there he is, I knew it. Like, I can't do that, that's not a win. So we're praying, and I go, okay, God. I go, you know, I need for you to be my defender and protector. Okay, this is one of a million things in my life. You know what he said? He goes, okay, get your Sharpie out. 
go to the front door. It's, it's in framing. Oh my gosh. Blessed is every person who enters into my house. And they are escorted by the Holy Spirit and all his angels. I was free. I was like, dude, you want to come into my house? Now you're in my territory. See, however he's going to work with you, it has to work for you. What works for me is not going to work for you. You'd be like, I've been watching that camera. I just put on fast forward. No. <laughs> he is so beautiful, so brilliant, so extraordinary, so amazing that he's saying like, look, I'm pulling you to a new realm because have, we have parties up here. Okay, I want to show you this slide. I want to show you everything you get up there because... Are you kidding me? Okay, if any of all y'all don't respond today, I'm gonna have to have a little chat with you next week. <laughs> because you guys are brilliant, you're incredible, and you're amazing. Okay, this is you. Okay, do you remember before you're in the dark, conquering your own world, but alone? Okay, no, you got people now. We know you get to exist in two places. I love that. You have the Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit. I love that. You have the angelic realm. Amazing. They're waiting. You have people assigned just to you, and then they are waiting for assignments that you're doing. They get released. Do you know how many angels are in here right now? Tons. Just picture all your own angels, and then other ministering angels that are here to do things. They're having a party. Okay, cloud of witnesses. Every person who's gone before you, I want you to start making a list. I have a list, and you know what I say? Every characteristic, every gift, I don't care if they're my bloodline or not. Amy Simple McPherson, she's in my bloodline now. I'm in her cloud of witnesses. What did you do for a city? I write it down. I start declaring it. God, thank you that they are actually actively involved in your life. Because we can't see the substance of what we hope for does not mean it doesn't exist. What we have to start saying is, God, it's real, and make a joke if you need to to get past the awkward adolescence. Like, I, I can't see you. I don't know, you showed up on Lauren with a photograph and it was a photograph of Jesus. Show me who we are together. Show me how we partner. Show me the fullness of the way you are populating me into heaven. And then give me eyes to see what is around. There was a new one the Lord showed me. Uh, it's so good. It's Zechariah, but I'm not going to go through the whole story because it's too good. Because my prophet's taken over. My teacher really wants it, though. But in Zechariah, it's fascinating. There's a moment where he takes Joshua the priest and he brings him up to heaven and he's interceding for the people, and he's in filthy rags. And at that time, we see a radical encounter and exchange, and I have just learned this, that there is a council, CIL, an actual meeting council in heaven. And it came in the middle of an apostolic meeting I was in. In the middle of the meeting, God said, don't take this lightly or for granted. I said, okay. And he said, right now? And I just, I saw it. He said, there's a council of heaven that they are discussing what you guys are discussing. He said, and they have plans and strategies and you guys are part of them. It's seamless, even though you can't see it. And when you guys think you're having ideas, they're actually discussing it and feeding it down to you. And you're responding and you're moving and then you're asking them to enact it. Okay, you guys, this blew my mind for six months, and this could have been my whole preach. And through this, you see this wild interaction where Zachariah, a man, is saying to the eternal one who's speaking to him, and then he looks to the council of heaven, and the eternal says, redress him out of the filthy rags, out of your own efforts, what you try to do, what you understand, 
Not, don't even try to make it good enough. Stop. I'm going to put the robes of righteousness of a bridegroom, which also is Christ, onto you. And then Zacharias says, and also, he's directing them, also put a turban on his head to signify he's a priest and his dignity. See, God is always changing our clothing, our demeanor, our life. We're being transformed so that when you go in front of the enemy, you're clothed. You are ready. And we can't say anything. He sees the righteousness of Christ. He cannot argue it out. He can't get rid of it. And he has to submit and bow to it. In Zechariah, I want you to all read it. Zechariah 3. Because it's brilliant. And you see something that we are invited individually and as a church. In every area of your life, you're invited into this. He's clean. And all of a sudden, God and the heavenly council say, now you can go to the most holy of holies. Now you actually are in charge of the activities that are sacred. Now you are invited into the places that other people can't go. And he says to do it, there's a purification. There is a binding of ourselves to him. There is a choice that I, I'm either going to be a C-lister today or an A-lister. I am either going to say, bind me to you, I release my life to you, and I'm really tired of trying to control how I walk through life and do it. Yeah. Or you're going to have a meandering, dead life. He says, perform the priestly duties. What are your priestly duties? I need you to figure that out. But he's going to tell you. And they're daily. Wow, your duties today. What are we doing together? He's with your planner, like in the morning. Hey, what do you think? This could be awesome, but I, got, I might have a surprise for you in the middle of the day and it might change. What is he asking you to do? And then he says, walk in my ways. And if you do those three things, you actually get to be in the place where my heavenly counsel says, we'll be directing you. You'll partner one-on-one -on -one with heaven in real time. Do you want to partner one-on-one -on -one in heaven in real time? Do you want to say yes to something you have not yet experienced? I just hear sea lesters right now. Do, do you want to raid the refrigerator? Do you want to be clothed in righteousness? Do you want to see who else is worth redeeming? Do you want to be Paul and take cities? Do you want to be unafraid and know that he has got you and everything that you need has to be fought in a different realm? Okay, I want you to stand up. This is very simple. You just need to know what I told you is true. Foundationally, it's true. You do belong in both places. You do have access. You do have boldness. You do have his purity. You do have his righteousness. You do have plans. Every spiritual blessing that he has, that he's designed from before time began, is yours. Yeah, and so your job is to say, yes, I receive. Yeah. And I break every part of you that's afraid. Where disappointment from the past is trying to like speak from way low. You know what? If it didn't happen, it wasn't for you. There's something better. But he needs you to grab hold of what is best. All right, hands out. This is A-listers.
I'm literally like looking across this crowd and I'm seeing every crippled man that's ready to be healed. I'm seeing whatever is not right in your life. He's saying, I see you, I acknowledge you, I receive you, and I say yes to you. So Lord, we thank you. Right now we say respond to our cry and our need. You tell us that we have the right to require of you according to our need and the right of your invitation. And so right now he's inviting you in. And I want you to say yes. Holy Spirit, open their spirit to say yes. I'm the one you chose. I'm the one you love. I'm the one you see. I'm the one you want to be with. As I pray, I want you to receive this. You can whisper it back to yourself or say it however you want to do it. It's great. Holy Spirit, I say yes to your kingdom. I say yes to a realm I don't understand. I long to know this fullness. I won't hold back. Everywhere where I have not bound myself to you, I repent of. I'm sorry. I was afraid. I didn't know the way forward. Thank you that you know the way forward. Thank you that you have called me to be bound to you so that we can move rapidly. We see people's lives changed. And now I ask you to indwell me. Come in right now. Shift me. Thank you for how much you love me. I choose to receive you. Now I bless you that he's going to keep talking to you. And then next, from now on, this marking day, he's going to start showing you things in the supernatural realm. You're going to hear voices talking to you very kindly, full of life, full of joy. He's going to show you pathways that you haven't known. He's going to invite you into things that shock you because he's opening the door. And every day, I want you to keep seeing yourself, pulling yourself back up into that space, face to face with him. And all you see is his love, joy, delight, peace, acceptance. Thank you for listening to the Jesus Culture San Diego Message of the Week. For more information on our church, visit jcsandiego.com.